This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. Welcome back onto the trading floor. And this week, we are going to talk about what to do over the next few weeks to make small deals that will make a difference. I've hit on this topic a little bit before, but I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into it on this episode Figuring out how to make the very small roster construction trades, trading on the margins, trying to send the deals out with hopes that a couple of them get accepted across your portfolio. And that is the key with this, is this is assuming that you are in a portfolio of leagues, you're cognizant of your roster construction in all of those leagues, and you have some inefficiencies. You're going through your teams. This is something that I've been doing over the last week or two and will continue to do it here over the next few weeks is going through each team, checking the construction. Do I have too many backup quarterbacks? I have some teams where I have too many backup quarterbacks. Do I have some running backs that I can probably turn over over the next month or two, depending on if waivers are running in my leagues? And just a caveat, I run waivers in all of my leagues. Most leagues that I'm in, I push that waivers run once a week in the offseason. That way there's a constant flow of new player pickup availability that's out there if I want to make the move. Not every league has it, but if you have waivers, this topic is even more pertinent because things are going to change even over the next couple months. Even when there hasn't been a rookie draft or there hasn't even been free agency signings, there's going to be some news that may alter some of the players that you will put on the back end of your roster. So a couple things that I want to mention. The first thing, is you may have new managers coming into your league. You may have a dispersal draft that is being done in your league. A lot of leagues, any openings, they will throw the teams and all of their assets into a dispersal pool. If this is happening in your league, the first thing you need to do is be keeping up on what is going on with that dispersal. I've seen numerous dispersal drafts that they just happen behind the scenes. There's 12 teams in the league. There's three openings. The commissioner will run a three-team dispersal with three new managers. And it will just happen really outside of the scope of the league. It'll happen on a Google Sheet. It'll happen in the league chat. And not everybody's paying attention. Not everybody may be checking exactly what's going on with that dispersal draft. You have to make sure that you can't trade into the dispersal. If you can, this is a great opportunity to re-engage someone in the league that may be in the dispersal that has a certain plan. And the good thing is when you have a two-team or a three-team dispersal, the assets are limited. You can see what's in the draft. You can see that maybe there's rookie picks in there. A lot of times, all the rookie picks owned by the teams that are in there will get thrown in there. That can include all the 24 picks, obviously, but also their 25 picks. And you can see that. On the sheet or on the list, whatever the dispersal is being done with, you can see, okay, the next available 2024 rookie pick is the 306. You want to be the team that is at least cognizant of how that draft board went. If the last pick taken was the 207, the next available is the 306, you now have a bracket to work from. Now, the managers in the dispersal may or may not be open to a deal, but if you're allowed to trade, if you're sitting on the 304, guess what? That is an asset that is viable. You already know where the slot is. So that's one of my first tips is be cognizant of a dispersal draft. Is it going down in your league? And if so, make sure you check the board. 
you may find an opportunity to make a mundane trade and it doesn't have to be draft picks. It can be a couple assets that you're rostering that it's clear based on the dispersal board someone else may be interested in. And even if you can't trade into the dispersal, meaning you trade them an asset that you already have and you get to pick something out of the pool, even if you can't do that, you have a very recent draft board and the draft board tells a story. Let's say three managers in the dispersal draft, that board that they just chose, now they're limited to the assets that were on those three dispersal teams, right? But that board tells a story. That board gives you a new glimpse of these managers, generally how they're going to value players or how they're going to build teams. Heck, you have an exact board to show you they value this player over pick 208. And you can see it. You can see it plain as day. Now, does that always mean they're going to trade said asset for a pick similar? Not necessarily. But you have a slot. You have a bracket that you can look at and you can say, this is generally how this new manager values some of these assets. So do not let that dispersal go by where you don't even see what happened. You don't even check the board. I'm not even saying you need to spend more than five to ten minutes to look at their draft or to look at the board. But if you see it, check it. See what these new managers are doing. Because that is the first thing they're doing in this league, is drafting a team from a pool of assets that was limited. And it's challenging if you're in a dispersal because you have to be able to wade through what's in the pool. And you have to be able to say, okay, this is how I want to build based on the assets not being an entire player pool. So pay attention. And even if it's after the draft, Go to that manager and see if they're interested in anything that you have. It could be picks. It could be some of the roster clogger players. I have seen dispersal drafts where somebody, they take the I'm obsessed with wide receivers to the extreme. So guess what? That is going to be your buyer for Marvin Mims, for Jalen Hyatt, for some of those quote-unquote potential clogger receivers that may still have a little ADV, artificial dynasty value, they may be the buyer. Whereas before, there might not have been a buyer. Traylon Burks, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Jahan Dotson. I can go on and on and on. This may be your chance to offload one of those guys if you have them on your team. So that may be something to check out. If you have a roster where you go, ah, there's a couple players I'd like to get rid of. There's a couple players that I have that are excess your market might have been stale before. There might be a reason they are still on your team. Heck, you might have been trying to trade them for the last couple weeks to the other managers that are not in dispersal. No dice. But now that you have this dispersal or you have a person taking on an orphan or however it's working in your league, see if the new managers maybe give you uh, a pathway to potentially move some of those assets. The second thing, aside from the dispersal, aside from if there's openings or orphans in your league. Let's just say you come across a league and you say that I am a little bit above baseline on receivers. I have a couple of stragglers from last year. Maybe I'm sitting on a Gabe Davis, someone like that, and I want to dump them. Now, we obviously know this is not the time to probably sell some of those guys. If you have some of those older veterans uh, that I talked about on Destination Dynasty episode a couple weeks ago, players like Tyler Lockett, for instance. You probably don't really know what to do with him. You're really not sure of his viability going forward. 
but you also know that he's not a player that you're going to just get rid of. So how do you trade him? And again, people may say, oh, well, you don't trade Tyler Lockett right now. I don't agree with that. I think there's a place in time to take a player like Tyler Lockett on certain rosters, and you just shed yourself the roster spot. You just shed yourself of that player, and now you're not going to get probably what he could fetch during the season, but we're also assuming that Tyler Lockett gets to the season, he gets there healthy, he gets there in the same situation that he has been, and he maintains his performance level to the point where maybe, maybe in week three, I could get a second. All that stuff has to go right from now until then, just so you can get that 26 second for Tyler Lockett. And you think about, okay, can I get two thirds today? People, ah, I don't know if I can trade him for two thirds. But the idea is you also buy yourself a roster spot for eight months. You buy yourself a little more flexibility by having those picks. So I think that's the most important thing with this concept is going through really being able to identify especially receivers, tight ends as well, being cognizant of your roster construction. Now, this is mostly geared towards people that are in lineup leagues because if you're in lineup leagues, you're going to be cognizant of how many receivers and how many tight ends you're carrying. You probably don't want to be overweight. I would venture to say most people listening to this, their format does not warrant that you carry more than 10 total at those two positions. And that's being a little liberal depending on the number of starters and the number of roster spots. But if you listen to the roster construction series, you want to dwindle that down, even if you go even below the optimal. If a player is a roster clogger, you don't hold on to them as your seventh receiver when they're a clear roster clogger. You'd be looking to ship them off for something that's more tangible, something that's a little more flexible going into the next couple months. So you have to be creative. And sometimes in these deals, you can also grab the extrinsic value of something extra in the trade that the other manager doesn't see. I'll give an example. I had Tyler Lockett. I tried to get two-thirds for Tyler Lockett. I posted in the chat. Couldn't get two-thirds for him. Every league I had Tyler Lockett, I've posted in there. Basically, I'm willing to take two-thirds. I've spammed out the offers when I post it and I don't get the response. A couple days later, I'll go in and I'll just send him out for two-thirds to every team doesn't happen. So then I go, all right, clearly my league has spoken. They don't value this player at the same price that I do. And maybe I'm being a little greedy because I'm asking for two picks for a player that nobody wants. And that's where the demand comes in, right? There's no demand for Tyler Lockett. So whether you ask for a third and a fourth, two thirds, a second, third swap, there's no demand for him. So you have to find a way to appeal to the other person's motivation to do the trade. How do I do that? And oftentimes it's taking a little bit less on the obvious side. So instead of two thirds, you ask for a third, but then you go, all right, can I get a running back body thrown into the deal? Can I get a backup quarterback thrown into the deal? Can I get one of each? That other person may not see the value in those players because they're equally, if not more mundane than Tyler Lockett at this point. Nobody's looking at somebody like Tyler Huntley and going, oh man, I just can't trade him. Same thing with a backup running back that's just sitting there on their roster. And when I say backup running back, I don't mean Deontay Foreman, Devin Singletary, Zach Ma. I don't mean that type of backup running back. I mean a body. 
somebody where you go, I can squint and see where that player is on a roster next year. Justice Hill is a decent example. Last couple off seasons, he's been fairly useful for a couple seasons in a row. But as soon as you get to the offseason, you go, well, there's no way he's back on the Ravens. And the only reason he's ever been relevant is because he's on the Ravens. And they've had a bunch of injuries the last couple of years. But at the same time, that's a player that if you get thrown into a deal, the other person has zero value for him. That's the type of player that actually gets cut when they're forced to make a draft pick or when they're forced to activate players from IR. But getting somebody like that thrown in along with a backup QB extrinsically that helps your roster construction. You're probably getting a little closer to that target number that you want, but more importantly, you still get a pick and you still free yourself of that spot that you were holding a receiver that you wanted to move. So think about that. I want to see in the comments. I want people to give me examples of these types of deals being done and they're not sexy. These deals are not sexy. You are not going to put this deal up on X or put this on the DTI5 live stream, or put this up in the Discord. Nobody's going to go, oh, round of applause. That's a great trade. But these are some of the edges that in the offseason you have to do. There's not much else to do. You look at your team and you go, I don't really like the construction here. I want to get rid of these players. The reality is about 95% of players right now in Dynasty, and I'm not kidding when I say 95%, there's no demand for. There's just not people seeking that player specifically out. And that's for a variety of reasons. Essentially, they don't care this early in the offseason. Free agency hasn't hit. Rookie drafts haven't happened. There's really no new information to act on since the season. Or more importantly, a lot of the players we're talking about here are just in ranges where people generally don't care. They're indifferent. You send them the trade, and sometimes it'll just be that trade gets left on red because of just what am I supposed to do with this? And that is the challenge with grinding a dynasty portfolio. In the dark days of the offseason where there really isn't a ton going on, it's NFL playoffs and a lot of just speculation. We don't even have all the coaches that have landed in spots yet. What do you do? It's the small moves. The small transactions, and a lot of times you have to work to get other people engaged to make these types of moves. And that's why it's important to pay attention to dispersals or new managers that come in and also be checking. And don't do it constantly. Set aside some time. This is what I do. I have a ton going on. I give myself maybe 30 minutes a day where I will sit down. I will pick a half a dozen leagues or so. And I'll just check them. I'll go in. I'll put some waiver claims in. I'll check my construction. I'll go through and make sure if there's anything that I need to cut that I can. If there's any really mundane, boring trades that I need to send out, boom. I'll blast off a couple trades. It's very easy with Sleeper. If that's where you have most of your leagues, you can do it on your phone. You can lay there in bed while you're watching TV and blast out some of these trades. And you do them mindlessly. The goal is to get it done. It's really not the result in terms of what you get. The goal is to get something off my team and get the deal done. When you identify what they are, they're very easy to create and send out a bunch of them at a time. So that's what I challenge everybody with. How many of these mundane trades can you get done over the next month or so? This is going to be a theme uh, that's going to continue uh, for the time being. 
because there's not a whole lot of else stuff to do right now in your leagues. But I challenge everybody to see if they can get some of these deals done. They make a difference. Trust me, they make a difference, especially when you get to a point later in the offseason where you have to act a little quicker. The last thing you want is, man, I got to clean up my roster construction. The rookie draft starts in two days. I see it. I see it in a ton of leagues where, oh, yeah, I'm finally back around to making some moves. You know, two days before the NFL draft, you're going through and seeing people clear T.Y. Hilton off their roster. Rob Gronkowski still holding on to him. You see stuff like that and you go, this person really just hasn't been paying attention hardcore over the last year or so. So see what you can get done. Check out everything at Destination Devi, DestinationDevi.com. Join the Discord, uh, the Destination five tier is awesome you get access to everything including the dti5 stages where we do live shows uh, and you get access to the private podcast feed where you can listen to bonus content in the discord a couple times a week subscribe to everything podcast wise on destination devi radio wake up with ray g and the new news feed that ray has put up where he's dropping uh, mock draft episodes and he's dropping some of the news shows and what's going on here in the off season so check all those out Good luck getting some of these mundane trades done. And until next time, we will leave the trading floor.